can't do this alone. No, I'm not insulting your capabilities. I'm being real with you because I don't want you to be held back by the glass ceiling created by ignoring the people side of your business. I've been in the trenches helping entrepreneurs navigate all those, oh shit, I'm the boss now moments. You know, the ones where you realize you're the one in charge, you're the adult in the room, but you're not in this alone. I hope the show convinces you of the dormant power of your team. Welcome to the podcast free of stuffy corporate jargon. After all, your business doesn't come with the bullshit red tape of a fortune 500 company. Here, you'll be encouraged and motivated to test, try, fail, and fix fast. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you'll feel seen and heard. Most importantly, you'll walk away with the tools you need to pour into your team and build a thriving culture that opens up the door to the scale your business deserves. Welcome to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and today we are digging into really a topic that can be a critical lever for you to pull in your business in order to get work done, and that is hiring freelancers. People use that word a lot, and so I am really going to dive into the different pros and cons of using freelancers, also share how I've seen large and small companies use them slightly differently, and then wrap up with with an exercise for you to kind of figure out if freelancers are the right move in your business. So let's get to it. Freelancers and, or I should say, independent contractors are really the same thing. You'll hear the term used interchangeably or even different, but they're essentially the same thing. And they are professionals who aren't employed by your company, but can be hired on a per project basis. So it's really a flexible way of bringing in skills and experience that you might not currently have within your business without the commitment of full-time hiring. Sounds lovely and so wonderful, right? Um, And it really can be. Um, But before we dive into the pros and the cons of bringing a freelancer into the business, it's important to remember that this decision is not always up to you to decide. In many cases, the scope of the work that you will need dictates if you can even make this person a freelancer or if they have to be classified as an employee. So I have recorded a bunch of episodes about this topic, quite a few, both by myself and one's with an accountant and another one is with a lawyer. Um, We talk all about the different ways that you can bring workers into the business and why you can't just classify everyone as as independent contractors. So go back and listen to those episodes for a deep dive into how and why and what misclassifying employees can do to your business. It can definitely lead to costly fines, legal trouble, penalties, all of that stuff. But a quick summary here, just so you don't have to stop, go back and listen, There, there's really three categories to determine the relationship between a business and workers. So workers is a better term used for anybody supporting your business with getting work done. I know that sounds obvious, but that could be employees. That could be freelancers. That could be temporary employees. That could be full-time employees. That could be part-time employees. All of those are workers 
that you are paying to do something for your business, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that they are an employee. And so the three different categories used to determine this is for, the first one is behavioral control. So this is the level of control the business has over a worker's actions. If a business has the right to direct and control the work being performed by the worker, then that worker is usually considered an employee. So putting this in layman terms, like if you want to dictate the, where this person does their work, so the location and the hours in which they do the work, those are huge indicators whether or not you have a lot of control, right? And so if you do, you probably are hiring an employee, not a contractor or freelancer. The second category is financial control. So this get, this sounds a little murky when I read what the IRS has it like the definition, but I'll explain it a little bit at the end. It basically says, or it doesn't basically say, it does, <laughs> that it looks at whether a business has the right to control the financial aspects of a worker's job. You're like, well, yeah, I want to, like, even if it's a freelancer, I want to know that I'm paying what I'm paying them. I want to negotiate that. That doesn't matter. But what it does include is things like how you pay them. Do you reimburse expenses? Do you have to provide them with the tools to do the job? So like things to think about is like, do they, are, is this person regularly submitting expenses? Are you paying for their supplies and their equipment? Can you change their rate of pay at any time without any warning? If the answer is yes to those, it's probably in an, oh, that worker is probably an employee. And then the last is the type of relationship. And this is really like including contracts, what like are you providing them benefits, all of that stuff, and like the permanency of the relationship. And then it says the the extent to which services rendered by the worker are a key aspect of the regular business of the company. That last piece is critical. So essentially, like if they are performing work that your business directly earns income for, that is a sign that person probably needs to be an employee, not a freelancer, especially in certain states. Ahem, ahem, California has even stricter rules. If you are doing business in California, you literally should just assume that everyone is an employee until proven otherwise. And we talk about that in, in other episodes. So there's a lot of nuances here. So those are just, that's just like a quick recap for sake of continuing this conversation. Go back and listen to the episodes where I talk about this with other experts. Um, you'll, you'll definitely feel a lot more equipped with understanding why, especially if you have employees in California, New York, Illinois, Colorado, those are, are all some states that have some interesting laws. So let's assume you're in a position where you know the work that you need done could be done by freelancers. You give them projects, um, the work, like they can do it whenever they want. How, you know, when and how they work is up to them. They just have to give you a deliverable by a certain time, right? So let's assume you've already done that and you've determined that the work can do that. Here are some of the benefits to having freelancers in the business and some of the pros of deciding to do so. One is that they they offer flex or it gives you flexibility. Freelancers can be hired for specific tasks or projects, helping you meet short-term 
goals and objectives without a long-term financial commitment. You're going to feel less worried about bringing on a freelancer, knowing that you have the ability to turn it off if the business needs to, right? You're not like, you don't want to do that. You never want to, especially if you're talking to a freelancer and you're like, my goal is to have you on long-term, like you don't, they're kind of counting on that. So you want to be respectful, but also um, it's not as hard to decide that you have to take a break or stop working with them because of financial um, reasons when it's a freelancer versus an employee. It also allows you to just do one project here or there to test out um, whether or not the freelancer is a good fit, right? Or that they're there, that the work is actually what you actually need done. Maybe you're like, I think this is what I need help with in my business, but I don't really know. Then maybe it's a great time for you to be like, you know what? Why don't I create this as a project and see how it goes by giving it to somebody to do? So there's a lot more flexibility in that. You also can get access to a wide range of skills. Freelancers can bring like diverse and very wide skills as well as very specialized skills to a project. Maybe they don't have some of these specialized skills that you need done for some projects. That's when a freelancer can be really helpful. Also, most of the time, freelancers have more than one client. So, and a lot of times they're in different businesses or industries. So they tend to know a lot about a lot of things, which can be helpful in your business where maybe in one industry they're using, they're doing X, Y, Z, and they're like, hey, I've seen this work in other places. We could totally do this here. So they're bringing a, a wide range of skills and expertise to the team, and they can, especially if your team is missing some of these things. And then I kind of alluded to this already, but it can be cost effective. You know, you don't have to pay additional things like the taxes, the payroll taxes that are required, different benefits, training, all of that stuff you don't have to worry about. Where with freelancers, you really just pay for the job, the work, and that's kind of it, which is can definitely be a, a, a benefit. And then finally, a quick turnaround. A lot of times freelancers can start really quick. They can get turnarounds done pretty quickly. Their focus is like, on your project and getting it over to you. So a lot of times you can get quick turnaround from some freelancers and onboarding them. So it's not always roses and sunshine. Um, there can be some potential downsides. So one of the downsides can be dependability. So as independent entities, they might be juggling, you know, just just like I said, them having multiple clients could be a benefit. It could also be a drawback. They may have other clients. They have may have other commitments, which might affect their ability or availability, excuse me, and dedication to your project. That can definitely happen. And it might it might not also be just because they have other works. It might just be like they're not as committed to the to the business as your team is, right? They are not as committed to seeing the business be successful because they're only working on one project for you. So that you do have to consider that is, they're not gonna care about your business. Well, nobody's gonna care about your business as much as you do, first of all. Then a freelancer is not gonna care about your business as much as an employee, likely. Um, so you just wanna think about that. Another um, negative could be consistency. So like if you're constantly trying to change 
or if you're constantly looking for a new freelancer, like maybe you haven't found one that works, sometimes you have to go through a few to find some, you know, a good fit for your business. That can result in inconsistency um, in quality or style, you know, all of that stuff. I don't know that I would make that be a deal breaker not to do it, but just something to be aware of that that might happen um, when you're first starting out before you have a really solid bench built of, of freelancers who can do work for you. And then just like they're not going to care, likely care of, as much about your business as, as you or your team, they're not going to have as much knowledge about your business. So unlike full-time employees, they might not be, they might not fully grasp the in and outs, the ins and outs of your company. So it could affect the depth of which they can do the work or the depth of, of understanding why they're doing something and how the work that they're doing could affect things later on in the business, right? So if you have a full-time employee and they're working on a project, they have the knowledge that like, oh, we might at some point implement this system in the future. If we set this up this way, it'll make it easier for X, Y, Z, right? They, they have that context. Um, and the freelancer is not going to have as much context about the business, the way it works, your customers, your other team members to inform some of the decision-making and some, you know, they're going to be operating in a silo quite a bit and they're in and they're out. Most of the time, they're not going to be setting up workflows or systems or SOPs for your business. Like you can't expect a, most freelancers to come in and, and change the way that your, your workflows are set up. Unless you're hiring an operations person to specifically do that, which there are those people, if you're hiring a graphic designer, they're probably not going to give you feedback on how to improve your design process because that's just not what they do. They're in and they're out. Um, so you're going to have to have great systems and workflows in place so that you can easily delegate, give access to the stuff that they want and or need to be successful and clearly explain what you need them to do and when you need it done by. You have to be able to clearly do that for it to be good and for the, the work quality to be what you want. You can't just say like, hey, I want a very vague statement and expect the work to come back great. That is not going to happen. So you have to be able and willing to do some of that detailed work to easily delegate and clearly explain what you want done. And then, of course, there's the legal and tax considerations that can be complex. So you're going to want to listen to some of those other episodes, to talk to an, an employment attorney um, in whatever state that you're in, because there can be some of those consequences. So those are kind of the pros and the cons. I thought it might be interesting also to talk about why, how some larger companies use freelancers versus smaller companies um, and what I've seen, um, because there are slight difference in reasons, right? A larger company often will leverage the use of freelancers to supplement their workforce during peak periods or for specific projects that need niche skills. So, you know, if, if, if it's like a heavy, there's like, for example, there's seasons of like, 
I was talking to a client or a, a candidate who I was interviewing for a client and she is a graphic designer and she was hired as a contractor for six months to this golf apparel company. And she was hired for six months as a contractor because that time of year is when they are creating all of their new lookbooks and all of their sales materials for the following year. And so there's a lot of work to be done in that six months. And so they ramp up, they like double the size of their creative team to get all of that work done. Right. And it's a very large golf apparel company. Um, and so they did that to help get bandwidth and, and all of that stuff. Or let's say you need a really specialized type of photographer for this photo shoot or videographer or editor, you might hire, you know, larger companies might hire somebody for that because they don't have that skill, that niche skill in-house. And a lot of times I've been at companies that have entire departments dedicated to managing freelancers and contractors. It's insane. But 100% like 3M. I used to to do a lot of work with 3M. I didn't work for 3M, but I, I actually was a one of their vendors. They had a whole procurement team for, for contractors and freelancers. It was wild. And they have it to make sure they're ensuring the legal compliance because it's such a big deal and to main, maintain control, all of that stuff. Um, and so... Um, they, you know, that's kind of how they larger companies have used it and the, the systems they have in place to do so. For smaller businesses, freelancers can be super helpful as well. And this, most of the time, a freelancer, or, or I'm sorry, a small business owner will use it to access skills and experience that, me, that might be unaffordable or hard to find in, full -time, in a full-time employee um, or to, to help kind of supplement, maybe you don't have a whole bunch of work needing to be done, but you definitely could have, you know, some of the the work being done by by a freelancer. Another example could be like hiring a freelance marketing expert to launch to do a, a product or product launch, or a freelance web developer to update your website, or a graphic designer to make a bunch of Canva templates. Um, you know, those types of things. And then smaller companies might also use freelancers to test out new roles before making it permanent. So I don't recommend that you like start everyone as a freelancer because mo if somebody is in a full-time job, it's very unlikely they're going to quit a full-time job to come be a freelancer for you to see if it works out. But if you're like, I think that we might be ready to bring on a full-time marketing person, like try a freelancer to, to do a few projects here and there to see if like there's enough work um, to justify then making a full-time hire. And maybe that freelancer could be a full-time hire. They, maybe they don't want to be, and but then at least you know if you can you know, justify making it a full-time hire and wrapping up some of those projects into one specific role. So you, you just have to remember that Hiring freelancers can be a very valuable strategy for your business, depending, regardless of the size, big or small. And the key is just to understand the benefits and drawbacks, as well as understanding really what your business needs help with. And where's your finances at? Are you able to support bringing on someone to the team, right? So a quick little exercise, you know, I've, I've suggested this in a lot of different ways when figuring out the rules that you need, but you know, really just list out your business needs. Start by listing all the tasks, projects, and even the roles currently in the business and get clear on like the different tasks and stuff that, that you might need some help with. And then decide 
if it's a, something that you feel like you can totally outsource or not, right? Like, can you clearly delegate and clearly explain what you need? Does this person have to work certain hours or can they work whenever, right? So you want to determine the location. Does this, in order to do this work, do they have to come into a certain location? Do they have to be logged on at a certain time? All of that stuff. And then consider the costs of of hiring either a full-time employee or a freelancer to do the work. Maybe the work that you've identified that you need could be done by two freelancers. And that makes sense, right? Maybe it it does actually financially make more sense for you to hire one full-time role. You really got to just map out the exactly what you need in your business and decide um, how much direction you want to have over this role. And then you can decide if it's a, a better fit for a, a, a full-time employee or a freelancer. And I should also say, well, this will, I guess, go back and listen to the podcast. I think people always think like if it's full-time, it has to be an employee, but you can also have a part-time employee, which, you know, that could be, actually, I'll just say, share it here. Like, let's say you have a store, right? And you want someone to work 20 hours a week, but they have to be at the store certain times of the day, you know, certain days of the week on a schedule, that can't be a freelancer or contractor. That has to be a part-time employee. Um, So there's a lot of things that go into it. I've definitely covered that in prior episodes as well. This is specifically to freelancers and contractors. So I guess if you do find yourself leaning towards bringing a freelancer on, start with a small little test project, if possible, to make sure that the arrangement is working for you and the freelancer. Find something small to have them work on and see like, okay, yeah, I like working with this person. You can still do the same thing. Like you still get to choose whether or not you want to work with this person, even if they're a freelancer. So start with a smaller project. And, you know, although Freelancers can be a strategic and beneficial move for your business. Um, It can offer flexibility, access to specialized skills, cost effectiveness, and quick turnaround. Of course, we talked about also the downsides such as dependability, consistency, you know, limited knowledge to your business, the legal stuff. And, you know, you could either choose to leverage freelancers to supplement or to access um, skills that you might not be able to afford long time. So if you're going to be bringing on some freelancers, you're going to want to make sure you listen to our next episode because I'm going to be talking all about the types of contracts and documents you should make sure you have in place when you bring a freelancer into the mix. We're not going to go into too much of the legalese of those contracts, but just talk about the different things you should include in a contract and why it's so important And then, of course, you should have an employment attorney review it, but we're going to dig into that. So just because you're hiring a freelancer doesn't mean you don't need to have any sort of parameters set. So we're going to dig into that on the next episode. So thanks for tuning in today to the pros and cons of hiring freelancers into your business. And we will dive even deeper next episode with what to do and how to onboard them appropriately. So stay tuned. Are you ready to hire a recruiter to help you in your business? Exciting news for you. 
that can be me and my team. And we believe that the recruiting industry is due for a major upgrade in its recruiting and fee structures. So we have a completely different model than other recruiters out there. We have transparent pricing and transparent fees. Go check out peopleprinciples.co forward slash recruiting for how you can partner with us and let us do the hiring for you.